Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sometimes I do that voice unintentionally, and it's like almost like a parody of how radio people sound like. And I worry that you just might turn the episode on and think like, well, that's how this guy sounds. Like, that's this guy, I guess. This He's one of these radio guys. That's true. Do you? But do you think like... If people hear and think you're one of those radio guys, that that's bad. Like, are they? Know. Are you worried they're going to turn it off? Do they want the professionalism? You know, sometimes when know. we listen to a podcast, you and I, if, if it's like casual, it's like good, and sometimes it's too slick, and that's not good. That's true. Too slick. Well, I think I think that is our bias because we are not slick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we don't. I would say we don't necessarily use a. A traditional podcast voice either. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, You know what I mean. If you want to support non-traditional podcasts like ours, (laughs) there is no better way to do it. We're still in the game, even though we're elderly people in their their twilight years. We're still podcasting. We ain't slick. We're not slick. Um, uh, We, uh, this is the Max Fun Drive. Uh, This is our second Max Fun Drive episode, our final Max Fun Drive episode of 2023. Um, We're in a, a network of podcasts, so the podcasts we make, like Sawbones, are supported by you, the people that listen to them. We own them. Max Fun has artist-owned podcasts, but they're supported by the people that like them. Um, and this is the time that we come to you and say, "Hey, we really can't make these shows uh, without you." Um, every year, your donations allow us to, well, I mean, live and clothe our children and pay for equipment and stuff like that. Cereal. Cereal. Um, uh, all that good stuff that we that we require as human beings. It also helps us to spend more time on the shows to make them better. Um, and we have a – of all the people that listen, rather, it's a really surprisingly low percentage of people who actually step up and say, hey, I like that this is in the world. I like the work that Sawbones does. Um, and if you could be one of those people, it really mean a lot. Maximumfund.org forward slash join is the URL. If you can pledge us $5 a month, we're going to have, uh, over 500 hours of bonus content for you. There's a new episode, Sydney, our bonus episode. This- That's right. Uh, we, we took questions from our younger listeners and Charlie read them. Charlie chose which ones to read yeah. and read them and interpreted them and commented on them. Yes. And then had me answer them. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We have lots of old uh, Sawbones Boko in there for you to enjoy. At $10 a month, you can get all that plus a uh, a, a reusable sticker. 
Um, for all the Max Fun shows, there's one of each. You can choose whatever design you want. They're really cool. Our said Cure All's Cure Nothing. It's a cool design. I already have mine uh, on my laptop. I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more stuff. We'll talk to you about it again in the middle of the show. But um, until then, uh, let's let's get on with it. Now, I'm, I'm excited to do this episode, Sydney, because we originally had a chance to, how would you say, dry run do a dry run of this episode at herdcon rehearse i think is the word you rehearse, use rehearse yes <laughs> rehearse this episode at herdcon in front of a uh, an audience of our you know uh, marshall marshall friends um so we really appreciate them having us having it what marshall, <laughs> our marshall friends marshall friends friends so from nice. marshall university marshall yeah. family even marshall family it is a family we, thank we you we both went to went to marshall we both graduated from marshall um so if you if you're ever around town when herdcon's going on it's a really fun little pop culture kind of con um, where you can learn stuff and have fun and hang out with other cool folks. And sometimes we're there. And sometimes we're there, apparently. Uh, Justin, I was inspired. I always like when there's something that um, is happening either. Well, I don't like when it's a current event in the media necessarily that Mm -hmm. we're commenting on because then sometimes it's scary and bad. Uh, But if there's something that people talk about on a popular show or a movie or something – that relates to medical mm-hmm. history, it's fun because then you get to talk about something that might be like in the zeitgeist. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes I can feel you like prickling up a bit like, careful now. This is my territory. I don't want somebody else to find, do this like as well as I do or find some cool thing I didn't know about. Are you saying that someone could do it as well as I do? No, that's what makes it so ridiculous. because <laughs> no one could. <laughs> what is she worried about? I'm not naive. I know I'm not the only one who talks about medical history. I'm just... Best at it. Just best at it. Just <laughs> I'm, best at I'm it. I'm kidding. No, we were watching uh, Ted Lasso. Yes. Yes. Which many people, we are not alone in that. I'd say many people were also watching Ted Lasso. Yeah. And there, it was mentioned uh, an event in London's history, the Great Stink of 1858. <laughs> and this was, it, it's funny because it's one of those things where I had never heard that term. Yes, the Great Stink. No. Um, <laughs> Which you would remember if you had heard it. But I know enough about that period of history and specifically what diseases they were concerned about and all of that. Like I understood the context, but I had never heard that term. Yes. So that that feels, that always, it's a, a little exciting because it feels like, oh, Ooh. there is a hole in that that historical record for me, not in all, but for me personally, in Sydney's understanding of that historical record. There's a little hole with a cool story or an interesting story or maybe a sad story, some sort of story that I don't know and I can share with you. And so this is a, it's a story about sanitation. It's a story about miasma theory of disease. It's a story about cholera, but primarily it's a story about a great stink. Yes. Um, so a lot of the times, doctors get credit for saving people's lives, and as well they should. Maybe I don't know. We do the we do the best we can, um, but this is not the story of a heroic doctor. Oh, okay. More is it a story of a heroic podcaster? Because I could no. do with a few of those. No, it is a story of a heroic engineer. Oh, okay. So London is an old city. You may know that. It is way older than Huntington. There's no other way of saying There's it. There's no doubt. It's There's just, no I mean, doubt. we have to admit that. I know a lot of people were questioning Eddie was Izzard. Huntington, West Virginia, or London, England? Which one was here first? <laughs> Eddie Izzard has that great joke. I come from uh, uh, England where we make the history. <laughs> That's where history comes from. Uh, so, London, of course, like any city, you start out small. Yes. And you get bigger. 
Yeah, you start with like one person. It starts off. Uh, here's how cities work. <laughs> it starts off with one person in a house, and they say, "I'm the mayor," and there's no one around. And then they go around the area and they look and see if there's any other people around. And then they say, "Hey, I got a new town. We already have a mayor. It's Don't, me. It's me. But I would love. We knew we need a treasurer or whatever, a secretary, whatever. <laughs> and then will you come move your I'll, house? I'll near start mine? like a club. It's like a club. Um, no, you know we were taught in West Virginia history that the first person to start West Virginia was Morgan Morgan. Yes. That was not the first human to live in the land that we now call West Virginia. No. But we were definitely taught that in West Virginia history. You heard about Morgantown? That's, I mean, I feel like that's kind of proof positive of my my (laughs) theory, right? My name is Morgan Morgan. This is Morgantown. And it's a real (laughs) smorgasbord of Morgans. (laughs) Somebody got a golden horseshoe. Yeah. Anyway, so... The population of London really started to explode. It was obviously, like any city, always on the always on the grow. But between 1800 and 1850, the population doubles. That's a 50 years, twice as many people crammed into one place. Yeah. And when you have that many people, you have a lot of people waste. Yes. You know. Yes, you know what we mean, Dookie. You know what we mean. Dookie. There was, of course, a sewage system in London prior to this point, well, and people uh, yeah. had already thought about that. Like the the poopy has to go somewhere. The that, poopy gotta go somewhere. Yeah, like I, I imagine one of the first thoughts a person had when they pooped was, "Well, this has got to go somewhere." <laughs> um, and it, but it was pretty old. There was a brick sewer system that had been constructed in the 17th century, and since then, like a ton of like sewers and cesspits and places to put waste had been constructed all over London. And as the city grew, these would fill and often overfill. And like you'd have methane gases being Mm -hmm. released from all these like cesspits and stuff. Things would catch on fire sometimes. Um, So it was not necessarily like a great system that had been put in place. Uh, And and a lot of it, um, all of it, in, in, in essence, emptied into the River Thames. Which, by the way, is spelled like it's Thames, but don't you get it twisted? Don't it's get Thames. it messed up. No. Where did we sit? Where did? Oh my gosh! What was? Oh, in Cats. Yes. <laughs> when when he tries to rant. You're rhyme, talking about James Corden. James now. Corden. Uh-huh, yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. I'm done talking about James Corden. Sorry. Okay. Now maybe uh, this was working out for a while. Um, that everybody dumped their poop into the River Thames. I mean, it seems workable to me. But changes in the 1800s greatly increased the amount of human waste that was flowing into what had previously been called by British writer John Aubrey, the Silver Thames. <laughs> it was no longer silver. John Aubrey, also a friend to the Fourth Doctor. Oh, really? Yeah, he he notes that. Tom Baker? Point. The Fourth Doctor? Yes. Tom Baker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He wow. talks about being friends with him. That's cool. Yeah. Just a little Doctor Who reference for yeah, you. Just yeah, just fun. The Silver Thames uh, could not maintain its color because um, the old wooden pipes in London at this point, a lot of the a lot of the sewage system had been wooden. Uh, like I said, they were brick and brick and wood uh, were being replaced by more efficient iron pipes, which is mm, good, good. But they were also like more efficient, and there were more of them, which channeled more waste into a the lot. Thames. Hey, listen, get it in there, <laughs> and and also. There was a new a new hot trend that was sweeping the city, flushing toilets. Oh boy, that really blasted through. Yeah. So now, so now a lot more effluence Ooh, <laughs> was <la-di-da>. going. 
Um, so the result of all this is that the Thames had started to look less silver and more brown. <laughs> sort of a pale brown. From the... Waste. Excellence. The and, and the condition was um, obvious, both from a visible and an olfactory. olfactory. Oh, see, I knew <laughs> the fancy point. word you were going to use that time. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, in 1855, this is as things are really starting to get to a tipping point. Like, everybody is starting to get worried by now. Um, Michael Faraday, like the scientist. The, Fa- the Faraday cage guy. Yes, the Faraday cage guy. Exactly. Yep. You know about him because of Lost, I'm assuming. Yeah, correct. <laughs> He went to the banks of the river and he decided to do an experiment to see how bad, how bad, just how bad is the River Thames. And the experiment he did is he dropped pieces of white paper into the river to see like how long, how far can they drop before you can't see them. I had a moment where I was like, well, littering's not cool. And I was like, well, we're already putting a lot of stuff in this river, huh? Yeah, I wouldn't worry about these pieces of white paper (laughs) because um, after they had dropped less than an inch, you couldn't see them anymore. (laughs) Um, And in case, in case you were in doubt, like, well, but are you sure that it's human waste? Maybe it's something else, you know, murky waters. Who knows knows? why? Uh, Michael Faraday stated that near the bridges, the feculents rolled up in clouds so dense that they were visible at the surface, even in water of this kind. The smell was very bad and common to the whole of the water. (laughs) It was the same as that which now comes up from the gully holes in the streets. The whole river was for the time a real sewer. So it was... It was poop. It was poop, folks. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Um, and in in this time period, like, the city was aware. Like, Michael Faraday was not the first guy to walk over to the banks of the Thames and go, I think it smells bad, <laughs> y'all. Guys. <laughs> I, think it, I think, like, this is stinky. He, he was not the first one to notice this. Like, people were already complaining about that. Yeah. Um, and the city had taken the approach of, like, you know, if you think, like, maybe I can get away with not, like, bathing or showering for a while if I just put on, like, a whole bunch of Axe body spray. Mm-hmm. They were sort of taking, like, that approach. Yeah. I assume you use Axe. I wouldn't I wouldn't use Axe body spray. I'm not an Axe body spray person myself. No, I know. No. I'm joking. I know you don't use Talk Axe about body a great spray. stink. Axe body spray. Whoa. 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 Shots, shots fired. Shots fired, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they would pour, like, lime and carbolic acid into the water to try to just sort of cover it what was happening there yeah to get like Febreze yeah although Febreze that's not exactly fair because it like bonds to the molecules or something it's not just covering the scent right that's what the commercials tell me that's what they yeah they the little image that's what it looks like 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 the 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 little stink particles are are bonding with the Febreze particles and but then where do they go honey where do they fall where do they go where do they go um so anyway, they, they would do this to try to fix it, but obviously that's not, like, going to fix the problem. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, even if you are are hiding the smell momentarily, the waste is still in the river. And right. more and more of it is flowing into the river. And so this was bad for a couple of reasons. One is the obvious. It's grody. It's like gross. You don't, yeah. you don't want to smell that. Um, but the other is that in this point of history, many people, and this includes not just lay people, but scientists and doctors and people who would tell you, people who you would trust to tell you, like, how does disease work, um, would tell you that, like, a bad smell is dangerous to you in that it can give you illness. Like, right. you can get sick from smelling something bad. The miasma theory. Of Precisely. Disease. So that at this point in history, a lot of people believe that, 
you know, if that that is how diseases spread. So when you would see something like what we would know now to be an infectious disease, so an outbreak of something that would be spreading among the population, mm-hmm. what you would assume is like all these people got sick because they all inhaled the same thing as right. opposed to they passed something or they were all, you know, eating or drinking from a contaminated source, whatever, right? So like it, it's it's interesting because you're bumping up against a truth, which yes. is if your water source has poop in it, that will make you sick. Yeah. Um, but not because it smells bad. Right. Right? But, like, you're bumping up against something that's true. You could also see, though, how you would make that mistake if you've ever been in a sort of puke trigger situation, um, which is common in elementary school. I mm-hmm. feel like I, I saw this happen where you would – someone would throw up and then you'd smell the throw up and it would make you throw up. I would – if I was an old-timey person, I would probably think, like, case closed. <laughs> case yes. closed. Well, and I mean – You can't smell this stuff. It makes you sick. Which, and- yes, but – and again, like people were getting all these illness and they would blame all this stuff on the stench of the of the Thames, diphtheria and scrofula and cholera and, and all these different things they would blame on the river. The stench of the <laughs> Thames. Um, and, and it was, you know, like in the case of cholera, this is true in a sense, just not because of the smell. It's because like if you had a heavy rain then the water from the Thames could wash back into the city or into and would, in fact, wash into water supplies. The sewers would contaminate places where you were getting your drinking water. Mm-hmm. And then you would drink, drink the waste the and water. you would get really sick. Yes. Um, which is exactly what was also happening in this, in this 50-year period uh, leading up to the Great Stink is London had a series of terrible cholera outbreaks. Ah, okay. Almost certainly related to this exact problem. Yes. Um, And I want to tell you about that. But first we have to go. Where? Well, not to the billing department. No, to me talking about the Max Fun Drive. Um, If you like our show and you want to say, hey, I want to keep this going, you know, every year we have a bunch of people whose uh, contributions lapse because of, it could be anything, financial situation change, credit card detail, whatever. Um, So a lot of this drive is honestly just trying to uh, get back to where we were a year ago. Um, So if you, so you should know that if you like what you are hearing now, the only reason it exists is because other folks, or you maybe, if you've already been kind enough to donate, uh, have stepped up and said, hey, I want this to keep happening. uh, it is the only way that we have been able to make Sawbones as consistently as we have to the work that Sydney does with Sawbones um, and in terms of like science communication and getting the word out about things that aren't uh, on the level and uh, all the great stuff that uh, she has been able to do with this show is only possible because of donations from listeners like you. Um, if you can donate, just $5 a month. That that level of contribution um, is so hugely important. It really adds up and it allows us to have a sustainable plan for what the year is going to look like. Plus, you get free stuff. That's you know? right. This is That's why this is the best time to do it because yeah. during the Max Fun Drive, we have all kinds of fun gifts to give you Yes, um, for uh, joining or upgrading your membership. We told you about Olivia Field's beautiful reusable stickers. That's if you can donate $10 a month. At $20 a month, we have the Max Fun Culinary Kit, which has a Max Fun family cookbook designed by Tom Deha, uh, featuring uh, recipes from your favorite Max Fun shows and a jar of bespoke 
maximum flavor spice blend, which I was on the advisory council helping to choose that blend because of my refined palate for $35 a month. Wow, that's so generous of you. Super duper cool. Uh, You'll get all that stuff we already talked about, plus uh, the Maximum Yum apron featuring artwork by Sabrina Volante. Um, It is uh, really nice. We have one in our home now. Um, It's a beautiful apron. And those are just our ways of saying thank you for supporting us. There's also all the the Max Fun bonus content. Um, uh, like we said, Charlie did a medical questions episode. She also designed a uh, Adventure Zone um, game for me and Travis and Griffin and Dad to play through, which is true. You've got to listen to it, by the way. It is. Unhinged. I have to listen to this one. It's hilarious. Really, really I mean, great. she's so funny. She's so funny. But the main thing is that you are supporting the shows. You choose the shows that you listen to, the ones that you like. And uh, your your uh, donation goes to those shows. Uh, a small portion goes to Max Fund, which is hugely helpful because they are the ones that get you these gifts and help with your membership details and help produce all the shows and all that stuff. So, um, but the rest of it goes directly to the shows, shows that you like, the shows that you love, the shows that you're saying, "Hey, I want the world to be more of stuff like this." I want everyone to know about the Great Stink. The Great Stink deserves to be n- smelled or heard of. <laughs> not, not smelled. Remembered. Remembered. Thank you. Um, so this is the time to do it. Please stop what you're doing right now, unless you're driving or in surgery or whatever, you know, if you can. You can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join and just make it happen. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for indulging us with these these pledge breaks here, and um, thank you for for being there for us for all these years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Sid, where were we? So I was I was about to refresh your memory about cholera because okay. we have talked about cholera on the show before, but I I do not expect. Um, although I was going to say there is no quiz, but we do in fact do a quiz sometimes. There don't is we? a quiz. Um, Cholera, as as a little refresher for those who don't remember or if you're new, um, it's an old disease. Uh, it has been a scourge of humanity for many centuries. Um, it is a bacteria, a bacterial illness, Vibrio cholerae, gram negative, if that's the kind of thing you want to know. It is. <laughs> um, but you get it through my favorite route of transmission. Which is the, the fecal oral. That's right, the fecal oral route. Um, so basically it can live in like salt water or brackish water of some kind. You brackish in, water? Like not. Good. <laughs> like bad water. Like, like gross sort not, well, it's of. Not cle- it's not clean water. It's not fresh water. Ah, yeah, I got you. It's, it's, uh. Water that is saltier than fresh water, but not as salty as seawater. Wow. Okay. There it is. It's not fresh water. Not fresh water. Anyway. Not salt water. So you you can you ingest it somehow. You get it in your body, and then it makes you really sick with diarrhea. And the way that someone else gets it is that either they are helping care for you, cleaning you, and they get it that way because they're touching you, or like you don't you wipe your butt and you don't wash your hands, and then you touch. That's somebody. not true. Who told you that? No, I mean like I, not you, <laughs> the royal you. Okay. Um, and it uh. It causes a kind of diarrhea that we classically called rice water stool because eventually it just looks like— Oh, oh, I don't like— It's like water with little flecks in it that could look like—they're not rice. It's actually like pieces of the lining of your intestine. It's like like little flecks in it. I don't like that you're saying this. Anyway, 
And, you know, back then, like, we didn't wash, hand washing was not widely accepted. Although at this point in history, like, we had, we have started to, like, think, like, maybe we should wash our hands. But for a long time, we didn't wash our hands. And actually, the guy who, like, said, Semmelweis, who said, like, hey, I think we should all wash our hands. Like, he lost his career and his sanity because of it. Because he was so persecuted for saying, like, wash your hands. Um, There was also another guy who proved how we, how that anybody could get cholera by drinking some diarrhea water you remember that guy anybody hey listen this can happen to anybody that drinks diarrhea water there's no need for stigma so that's that's cholera uh the problem back then is that we didn't have antibiotics to treat it and we didn't have an easy way to keep you hydrated because the thing is if you could maintain hydration you could beat cholera um but we didn't you didn't have access to like iv fluids so you would get super sick you weren't able to hold down stuff by mouth, fluids by mouth, your body would become completely depleted of any fluids. You'd go into organ failure, you'd die. And a lot of people did die, unfortunately. Um, London's first major cholera epidemic was in 1831, and over 6,000 people died. There was a following one in 1848 where like 14,000 people died and another 10,000 in 1854. So major events were happening, and this was all related to the poor sewer system and the dirty, dirty Thames. The dirty, dirty Thames. Um, and, and again, through this period, most people still thought that all these people were getting cholera because they were smelling the mm-hmm. river, um, which would make it hard for you to prevent getting cholera if all you thought you needed to do was avoid the smell. Yes. Because you might still be drinking the water. There was a guy who was figuring it out, which we've, again, talked about extensively on the show before. There was a guy named John Snow. He was a British doctor. He noted during the second cholera outbreak that there was a pattern, like the people who got it seemed to be drinking from a similar water source. Mm -hmm. He noticed this pattern and talked about it during the second outbreak. Nobody listened to him. During the third (laughs) outbreak, he did the thing with the Broad Street pump. It seemed like everybody who was getting sick was getting their water from this one water pump so he took the handle off the pump so nobody could get water from it which seems like a like a jerk thing to do but it saved everybody's life because yeah. they couldn't access this contaminated water source so I wish someone had caught him like hey 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 <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> we need that people still didn't buy it though you know that didn't I mean there were definitely some people whose minds were changed but this was not enough to shift shift well hopefully everyone's he didn't try to sell it opinion. that would have been rude if he had broken it off <laughs> and been like here who wants to buy it I really <laughs> you now you have the power uh-uh. now you're in control. I really like by the way this is I don't think we said this at the time part of his argument as he like published his paper on like listen it's the water guys not the stink part of his argument was um I I talked to these 70 guys who work at a local brewery who didn't get cholera and they only drink beer. So the people who only drink beer are healthy but you guys who drank water are sick. You do the math. You do the math. Now, I am assuming by are healthy, he meant don't have cholera. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively, you're healthy. So um, whether they knew that the river, how it was making people sick, they knew it was making people sick. Government officials started to say, like, we've got to do something about it because now it's June of 1858 and it is hot. London is hot this summer. Um, not this summer. It's 1858. The temperature in the shade was in, like, the mid to high 90s. Oh, my gosh. Yes. In the sun, it was well over 100 degrees. Mm -hmm. It was hot. The water level in the Thames was lower. So some of the waste was just sort of sitting on the banks, visible. Um, 
And the smell was so bad uh, that Parliament had to soak the curtains on the windows in lime to try to mask the smell. Oh, my God. And it was still so intense that they actually considered, like, maybe we just need to move Parliament to another city. Like, we can't be in London anymore. We can't – they could not carry on with the business of government because of this overwhelming And then Morgan smell. is over there like, oh, look who comes crawling back. I see you guys need a city. <laughs> Bad news. I'm already the mayor. Um, but you can move your city around mine if you want. It's, it's, it's said that Queen Victoria and Prince Albert actually were like, they attempted like one of their little river outings to like sail down the Thames and enjoy it. And they like immediately returned and were like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> Forget this. <laughs> it's very smelly. Um Every news headline, you can look at so many people commenting, like reporters and journalists and writers and poets and artists talking about how bad London smelled in the summer of 1858. There are news headlines that talk about the stink and the fear of disease. Charles Dickens wrote about it at the time. He said the Thames was a deadly sewer. Um, And he said, I can certify that the offensive smells, even in that short whiff, have been of a most head and stomach distending nature. There was uh, Sidney Smith was a humorist who said, uh, he who drinks a tumbler of London water has literally in his stomach more animated beans than there are (laughs) men, women, and children on the face of the globe. There were cartoons in the paper. They they used to refer to the river as Father Tim's. And they, so there are all these like, you know, depictions of the river as this old guy. And it's like a picture of him with his three children, diphtheria, cholera, and scrofula. (laughs) Um, and need and want. And they, exactly. Yeah. There were pictures of what they called monster soup, which is the Thames. And they would have like close-ups, like this is what the water looks like close up. And it would be like just a bunch of little mythical beasts and creatures and monsters that were in the river. Um, the, there was a poem I found, the Dirty Father Thames, filthy, filthy river, foul from London to the Nore. What art thou but one vast gutter, one tremendous common shore? Um, everyone had some fanciful way. This is so British. They all had some beautiful artistic way of depicting how bad it stunk, except the city press who just wrote, gentility of speech is at an end. It stinks. And whoso once inhales the stink can never forget it and can count himself lucky if he lives to remember it. (laughs) So the House of Commons is like, we got to do something. Something. Listen, y'all. We got to do something. Um, in the opening of the debate, the uh, the leader of the House of Commons, Disraeli, said uh, the Thames is a Stygian pool reeking with ineffable and intolerable horrors. Ineffable. 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 <laughs> um, and so basically what they said is we need to we need to pay engineers to fix it. Mm-hmm. The city needs to put money into fixing the sewer system. So they do. They hire an engineer. The guy is uh, Joseph Bazalgette. Mm. And he is he is the hero of our story. Distinguished. It, and he'd already been working for the government. There's this note where, like, he was, like, the second engineer in command guy. He was not the boss. He was, like, second to the boss. And the guy who was his boss reportedly died from the stress of the job. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Which is just a wild thing to just sort of note. Like, we gave the job of head of sewers to this one guy, and it was such a terrible, stressful job. I mean, hun, I I don't want to quibble with you and with history and everything, but we also knew about four different ways people could die. It's like get hit by trolley, uh, stress of job. 
Bad smell. Bad smell, old age. So it had to be one of those four, or stabbed by by Jack the Ripper. So it had to be one of those five ways you could die. So maybe he also had like something else going on, perhaps. We also thought scrofula could be cured by the king touching you at the time. No. One of the few things that can't be cured by the king touching you. (laughs) Um, so the, this project that they undertook to re, rework the London sewer system, which would take many years and many millions of dollars, created these new drainage pounds. systems. Oh, many pounds. Thank you. Sorry, excuse me. Many millions of pounds. Um, would create these new drainage systems that would run parallel to the Thames. This is, they built these pumping stations to move waste and embankments. There was this whole system. Like you can read, if this is your thing. You and can you read these <laughs> descriptions you know of how they were going to move waste, like at some points carrying it up out of lower line areas and then allowing gravity to carry it out, out of the city. Um, other pathways for flow of waste. They built embankments. If you've ever wondered why you stop, if you're on the London Underground and you stop at something called embankment, that's what they're talking about. They built these Victorian embankment. Mm. Do you remember this? Yeah. They build these embankments, these big hill kind of things, to like house parts of this system. These were when these were built. Mm. These embankments and these beautiful um, pumping stations. There's one at Crossness and at Abbey Mills that are actually like preserved English heritage buildings. Because if you look in their pictures, you can look. They're gorgeous inside. So they weren't just like functional. They were these like works of art inside these pumping stations to move human waste. <laughs> and they like I think it's interesting like it was such a celebrated thing they named the embankments like Victoria and Albert they named the engines in the Crossness pumping station after royalty which is like an honor and it's all part of a sewer system yeah but a really um, a really helpful one hopefully the uh I thought the I, I like this the ironwork inside is described as important yeah I mean yeah um, so the project would end up costing more than double what they thought, um, and it would take a long time. It wasn't complete until 1875, but was it worth it? Well, th- during construction in 1866, there is another cholera outbreak, which is going to take over 5,000 lives. However, the area of London that was struck by this cholera outbreak was part of the city that had not yet been connected to the new system. It was very clear that the people who were being impacted by cholera Mm. were people who were not yet benefiting from this new sewer system, which really drove home for a lot of people, we are getting sick because of this water. It is not the smell. We didn't get smell when it was really stinky in – we didn't get sick when it was really stinky in 1858. We're getting sick now because of this water. Mm -hmm. And there's actually another uh, report published in The Lancet by Dr. William Farr, who actually initially had never believed Jon Snow, and now was like... You know nothing. You know nothing of cholera, Jon Snow. (laughs) Okay. Is this a reference to Game of Thrones that I'm not understanding? I guess you understood a little bit, because you did (laughs) say it was for Game of Thrones. I said... Maybe not as high and mighty as you may seem. Because of this, seeing this difference between people who were on the new sewer system and people who weren't, and William Farr's paper, everybody went, I guess it was drinking the water after all. <laughs> we shouldn't drink poop. It That's, took us a while to figure that out. It's the moral. This is, this is humanity. It takes us a while to figure out we need to wash our hands. It takes us a while to figure out that we shouldn't drink poop. We still haven't figured out that we should stay home when we're sick. We still can't get that one right, can we, no. folks? Um, well, no. I mean, capitalism. Well, if I may, I know. I, Sorry, I, I mean, don't mean obviously, everything everything's more complex and nuanced than that. But you know, you know what I'm saying. We're humans. We are so fallible. 
um, it was lauded. It was supported. The project was, I mean, it was really, it was one of, it was one of those times when like the government is doing this big, giant, expensive, time consuming thing and everyone is in support of it. Everybody is celebrating it. They, they like toyed with the idea of like, let's just give Basil get like 4,000 pounds. Just give him a bunch of money. Give him 6,000 pounds. Just hand him money. Like they actually didn't do that, but they were like, wanted to give him these like giant, like, three years salary bonuses because everybody was so excited about this and so proud of it as like just this amazing achievement of, we can, we can, you know, not just humanity, but of like London and we the, can the do British empire. When we work together. So mm-hmm. anyway, thousands, millions, who knows how many lives were saved by Joseph Bazalgette and this sewer system that he built. And he went on, he was knighted and then he went on to like build bridges or fixed bridges around London just went on with his career doing his engineer stuff after he created this incredible thing and then well unfortunately the the sewer system that he constructed was made to accommodate probably like four and a half million people was what he estimated it could do which was way more than they had at the time Mm -hmm. but now London is a city of more than eight million so yeah there's a lot more people and the Thames is once again overwhelmed. As my, I do not live there, but from my reading, <laughs> the sewer system is once again overwhelmed. They need to reconstruct. So they are building the super sewer, which will accommodate. It's going to replace the super crackers that was there. <laughs> and now they've got the super sewer. Yeah, I was you. reading about it. Like you can find the website where they talk about London's super sewer and all the things they're doing. And they're very excited. I mean, it looks great. I, and I, I great, we've talked Cindy about says. like London has had issues with fatbergs clogging up their sewers and yeah. things. So they needed a new. But you know what? That's what growth demands. Growth. growth demands new sewers. If there's one thing you take away from this podcast, let it be this. Let it be this. Growth demands new sewers, and the and the the sanitary disposal of our human waste is, I mean, really one of the most important things we could do for our health. <laughs> uh, if you take away two things from this podcast, however, let it be this: um, this is our very last chance for you to get in on the Max Fun Drive to get these great gifts, and more importantly, to support the shows that you love. If you can right now, take a second, please, 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 please. Um, It really does uh, uh, allow us to do all the stuff that we do. Maximumfund.org forward slash join. A pledge of $5 a month if you can swing it. Um, Even that is a really big help to us because it all adds up and allows us to do everything that we do. And you get all that bonus content, including the extra podcast we did. Yes, Cindy and I did a Fast and Furious review podcast, um, and you can be a party to that. If that's, you, a, that's a whole – it's like a secret podcast. Yeah. Well, not a secret. We told you, but, like, you get it. Uh, we are going to do another – we're due on Wednesday at 9 p.m. over on YouTube on the Max McElroy Family channel. Sydney and I are going to be watching for reasons that you won't understand until you've experienced it. We're going to be watching uh, I Believe in Santa on Netflix just because it's – Outrageous! I, I I don't even know how to tell you about this movie. You all are going to freaking flip. We're going to watch it together. You're going to watch it with us. It's going to be a, a lot of fun and be chill. And um, that'll be kind of a Max Fun Drive event too. But don't wait. You know, go right now to MaximumFun.org forward slash join and uh, help us do the stuff we do. Thanks to the taxpayers for use their song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. 
We appreciate you very much. That's going to do it for us. Until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.